Blog Talk Radio. Reality Radio Entertainment presents Behind the Curtain with your host, Kathy Barrett. Welcome to Behind the Curtain, a show about life and how we travel down the not-so-yellow brick road of it. I'm Kathy Barrett, and I hope you'll stay tuned for the next 30 minutes as I reveal what's behind the curtain this week. Like seeing a beautiful painting or photograph that moves you, I hope that in each show you will see a reflection of yourself in our guests and their stories, and that the information provided will support and inspire you along your own journey. So welcome to our program. We have an amazing show for you today. And before I bring out our guest, Craig V. Abbott II, and get into our show, Defying the Odds, I have a few brief announcements to make. First of all, this Sunday, May 6th, the All of a Sudden event will be happening at Town Hall from noon to 2.30 in New York City. The event will address ways of using spiritual tools to peacefully handle the unexpected surprises that pop up in our lives and in our world. Guests on the program will include actor Clark Peters, who is famous for his role as Detective Lester Freeman in HBO's The Wire, and Mohini Punjabi, a leading spiritual teacher with over 50 years of practice in meditation with the Brahma Kumaris, will also be there. Now, tickets are free to the public, and you can obtain them by registering at www.bknewyorkevents.org. I'll repeat that. It's www.bknewyorkevents.org. Mother's Day is coming up, everybody, so honor your mom by making a contribution to great organizations like the ones I'm about to mention. The first is the Orphan Support League. Org. The Orphan Support League was founded in 2007 by Bryony Bax to aid parentless or displaced children around the world. So every single penny that you donate goes directly to the care of these children, and a few dollars goes an awfully long way. So please, you know, take a moment, donate whatever you can to this wonderful organization. And again, the website is www.orphansupportleague, all one word, dot org. Another great organization for you to spread the wealth to is the Ubushibosi Project, which is a nonprofit vocational skills training organization that was founded in September 2008 in Rwanda. Through education and skills, um, skill training like sewing and weaving, crocheting, and they even did a little yoga training there this year, thanks to the uh, lovely Megan Lee at Chichester Yoga. Uh, Yubusha Bozi Project seeks to end the cycle of poverty that these girls have experienced throughout their young lives. So please go to www.ubosshobozi.org, make a donation, give the gift of life this year. I am so delighted, moving right along, to welcome Dwayne Nichols to Behind the Curtain. Dwayne has recently come on board to be my creative assistant. So welcome, Dwayne. It's so great to have you on my team. Uh, thank you, Kathy. Glad to be here. Let me just share with the listeners, Dwayne, that you served in the United States Army from 2007 to 2011. Mm-hmm. You, you did two tours in Afghanistan? Uh, Iraq. 
uh, Iraq, I'm sorry, and uh, you're a writer, just launching your own career and website. So uh, talk to listeners, tell them what you've just launched this morning for yourself. Uh, well, this is a, a writer's website. Uh, I use it to display a lot of my uh, stories for free, short stories, poems, uh, screenplays, and I also do interviews and, and book reviews and things of that nature. And then, of course, there's the typical you know blog on it, you know, where I just talk about industry news and things like that. So I think it's you know it's a it's a platform for me to both for me to display my own work and also for me to help other uh, authors, aspiring authors you know, get get exposure as well. So I think it's going to be pretty good. Fantastic. That's very exciting. And again, you're, it's perfect timing because uh, Craig uh, V. Abbott has uh, a book. And so I hope you guys will get together off the air virtually uh, because I think your website is perfect for him to, um, you know, pay attention to as well. So let's list for the listeners what your website is so they know. Uh, yes, it's uh, SinisterProsOnline.biz. Uh, I am a, a paranormal writer. Of course, for, for my reviews and interviews and stuff like that, I you know, I don't care what genre you write. You know, I, you know, I'd like to support you. Uh, and you should note that that sinister is actually the French spelling, which is actually spelled sinistre, uh-huh. R-E rather than E-R. So yes, uh-huh. SinisterProse, P-R-O-S-E, Online.biz. And it's live now. That's fantastic. And also you have a pen name, yes? So let's tell uh, yes, people. Yes, uh, Camille Garrison, uh, Camille Gabron Garrison, and sometimes I go by KG. So, yes, I guess that's important to note. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it's nice to officially bring you behind the curtain, and I'm in gratitude to you for your service to our country and to this program. So you're going to stay with us for the entire program, and um, and thanks for being here, Dwayne. Oh, no problem. My pleasure. Okay, next, uh, our program today is Defying the Odds. Craig V. Abbott II uh, was diagnosed with spinal muscular atrophy type 1, which is a genetic disease that has a two-year life expectancy. Craig has defied the odds. Now at 22, he's here to talk about his life philosophy and his new book, Classified Terminally Ill, a young man's story about beating the odds. Welcome, Craig. It's so great to have you with us today. Hi, Kathy. How are you? Doing great. I uh, I just uh, want to mention that I became aware of you through my sister, Patricia McMurray, who works for Senator Patty Ritchie of the 48th District. And I'm so grateful that she passed along your website and that we connected and that you're on the show with us today. Yeah, it was a really wonderful surprise when I started talking to you. For the listeners, explain what spinal muscular atrophy type 1 is. Basically, it's a neuromuscular disease that's passed on through the parents, and the parents don't have to carry it. Only only one of them has to actually carry it, and then if the child gets it, there's only a 25% chance that they will actually have disease. And what it does is it limitates, you know, your muscles, your movement, your breathing, swallowing, all that kind of thing. Um, I was given a two-year life expectancy at the age of six months. Um, I was diagnosed with a muscle biopsy. They said within a year and a half, if I made it that long, I would be on a ventilator. Um, and as you can see, I'm now 22, I'm not on a vent. And actually, my neurologist out of OSU, Ohio State University, thinks I might be one of the oldest living on a vent in the world. That's amazing. That really is. Well, first of all, congratulations. Spectacular for us that <laughs> that you're here. 
And um, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine it. It would be devastating for any parent to hear that their six-month-old baby would probably not survive his second birthday. What did you observe about your parents and how they handled your health challenge as you were growing up? Well, my, my, I've talked to my mom about it many times, and you know, the big thing with her was that she knew that it, you know doctors said I wouldn't see my second birthday, and the big thing with her was. She didn't want me to be forgotten. Mm-hmm. So they actually built a memorial playground for me in my city, which is kind of ironic because it's a memorial playground. I'm still alive. Uh, but she needed something to focus on at right. that time, you know, something positive to put her energy into that wasn't just, oh, my child is sick and terminally ill and not going to be here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's so that, that's amazing that she was even able to do that, you know, to, to yeah. have the wherewithal to throw her energy behind that. But it's a tribute, really. The park is still standing, obviously, and it's an enormous tribute to, to hope mm-hmm. and defying the odds and the impossible. Yep. So how do your doctors respond to... Well, that's that's a lot of them are baffled. Almost all of them are baffled. When I first went to the neurologist in OSU, which was almost two years ago, um, he was, you know, sure that I did not have FMA at all because they've never seen anything like it. Um, so they did genetic testing and, you know, came back positive. And he said that no, nobody has ever seen anything like it. They can't explain it. And it's different because instead of, you know, with this disease, you get weaker, especially as you get older. Mm-hmm. But my actual pulmonary function has actually increased, and they really can't explain it. So, and how do you explain it? What well, you know, I have I have very a few pieces of very rare equipment. Mm-hmm. I have 24-hour nursing. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't have that. Um, I'm very lucky to have that. You know, I have a few different types of breathing machines, which almost are like ventilators, but they're not inside, just mm-hmm. like a mask kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which is air in, pull air out. You know, I mean, I have a huge faith. I've been brought up in a church. We went to church every Sunday. It was a, you know, it was a do kind of thing. It's what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my grandparents, I love my grandparents. They're very religious. Uh, my mother is the same as they are. Just a combination of good things. That sounds like a combination of a lot of good things. And uh, what are the physical challenges that you have to endure every day so people are really aware of, you know, what you're facing? Well, this may surprise you, but if if you actually look in a city, mm-hmm. not everywhere is handicap accessible because if buildings that were built, you know, before a certain year, they mm-hmm. legally don't have to be. So, you know, there's a lot of things I'd like to get into or places I'd like to go see or do, and it, it's difficult. A lot of places just aren't accessible. Absolutely. And um, what else in addition in, in addition to that? Um, you know, physical challenges. I don't. I don't face. You know, other than my pulmonary. Mm-hmm. I mean, breathing is a big issue with me, especially with this disease. I mean, if I get sick, I, I get pneumonia. I'll have it for, you know, four or five weeks at a time. Wow. And that's an easy pneumonia. I mean, there was one time I was really sick. I had pneumonia seven times in a year, and they were all like four or five weeks long, you know. So that's, when I, when I get sick, I'm really sick. Mm. And, and 
lately. Thank God I've been, the last two or three years, I've not had pneumonia. I've been really well, really well. And so you, physically, mm-hmm. you know, I'm actually in a good position. And how much of your, um, you think your faith contributes to your, really, it sounds like you're pretty healthy. I mean, the breathing situation is is kind of, you know, that's part of having the disease, to have those difficulties. But other than that, it's and I mean, I understand what you say about um, the troubles of, of um, you know, buildings and just moving around uh, where places are not uh, handicapped accessible um a very 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 uh dear person in my life has ms and uh she struggles with that and she's a young woman who fights and she's always in the papers in New York City for <laughs> changing buildings and codes and and bringing in raising the awareness of the difficulty uh that uh, people living with disabilities have and and getting around and just getting that equal chance to have productive lives as uh, those who are not living with disabilities but how much does your faith Play into your optimistic attitude. You feel, um, you know, I think a lot. Mm-hmm. I know it does a lot. I mean, you, you have to believe that you know everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. First of all, you're never given more than you can't handle. It may seem like it, but you're not. You you always have to figure out. You know, you may be given some big mountains to climb. You just got to figure out how to climb them, get around them. There's everybody has obstacles. Everyone has challenges. You know, mine are different from yours. I'm sure you and Dwayne both have things you've had to deal with. You just got to figure out how to do it. And giving up is not the answer. Never not, is the answer. Not an option. So not an option at all. What's the average day like for you? The average day? Well, I, I'll be honest with you. I like to sleep in. <laughs> I like to sleep in. You know, I get up, I, I have breakfast. My nurses have to, you know, do the... Medical, you know, I do my meds, I brush my teeth, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And then I just, I do what I want. Every day is different. I usually have to do work on my computer for a while for the website for my book. Mm-hmm. I like to play guitar, as you know. Um, music is huge in my life. I mean, I've taken, I think, like almost 18 years of voice lessons. Um, I've played guitar for the last seven years. You know, so music is huge. Um, let's start to hang out. Let me ask you something about the music because you you said that you took guitar lessons, but then you kind of developed a whole different system for you to play. Yes, yes. So talk I, about that a little bit. What was the issue, and and how did you compensate? When I originally thought about playing guitar, I threw it by a couple of instructors, and they said it, it, it would never happen. So I just you know didn't bother me whatever, let it go, and then I told my mom one year I wanted a guitar for Christmas. Well, I got it, and I couldn't really hold the guitar, like, traditionally, mm-hmm. you know, like, up and down, like, normally, no the guitar. So what I do is actually I lay a pillow across my lap, mm-hmm. and I lay the guitar flat on its back right across my lap. I'm able to reach most of the guitar that way. Wow. So I had two guitar lessons, and then I taught myself the rest. And then three years later, I was teaching in the studio. That's incredible. I mean, you are just full of determination. 
I, it's really extraordinary. Um, I need a little dose of you every day. So I definitely want to see that book published and out there because I think what you have to offer and to share with the world is so important. Now, on your, your website, you say, and I quote, see this chair I'm in? That's part of the unique thing. It's part of my survival toolkit. Explain what you mean by that. Survival toolkit, let's see. Everyone has one. You know, there are things that you you do, you need, but there are also things that make you better in an all-around way. For me, my chair is not an option. The wheelchair is, you know, the must-have for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I, I wanted to talk about in other chapters that, you know, my survival toolkit contains, you know, my guitars, <laughs> um, my family, my friends, uh-huh. my nurses, uh, my sister is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's things that everyone just needs to put together to build their life around, and those are mine. Well, it also sounds like you live a life of gratitude as well, which plays a big role in, in being optimistic. That's Absolutely. that's really really wonderful, and that's so. Why do you think that's so important? Well, you, you know, I mean, when I was diagnosed at six months old, you know, my mom could have given up on me. My grandparents could have said, oh, well, let's buy him a grave and a coffin. He's, you know, he's going to be done in two years. You know, and that's not what happened. You know, my mom took very good care of me. My grandparents did the same. You know, they fought to get 24-hour nursing, so I'd have even better care. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just my, my sister was raised, she's two years younger than me, so she was always, you know, raised to take care of me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I couldn't have asked for a better situation you grew up in. And what do you think, I mean, it's it's interesting you were saying, you know, everything happens for a reason, and I'm a firm believer in that, and I I do agree with you that life, whatever life uh, challenge gets thrown our way, I mean, there's there's a purpose in it and a lesson in it, and there's it's, it's in the way that we look at it. If we look at it as um, an obstacle that we can't get past, then it's going to appear one way. If we look at it as if it's just a bump along the road in our journey and we're going to get past it, different things happen to us from that kind of an outlook. So what? how do you feel about the way that you grew up in terms of you had all of this amazing support around you. So how do you feel that that contributed to you feeling that, you know, everything was possible for you? There was nothing but hope in your future as opposed to the diagnosis they gave. I guess because it was just, again, it was the way I was brought up. You know, my mom and mother is the same way. You know, everything happens for a reason, you know. Mm-hmm. That was not an option. My grandparents raised her that way, and my aunts and my uncle. You know, it's all. It's just the way my family is. Great. Well, let's get to talk about your book. I love the title. First of all, classified terminally ill: a young man's story about beating the odds. And um, so, let's talk about it a little bit. Where are you with the book? And I know you're in search of a publisher, but but uh, yeah. share what's going on with that. Um, basically, we're doing redoing the second draft right now. Um, the first draft has been completed for almost a year mm-hmm. now. Um, so we're set there. But there were some minor changes that we needed to make. Um, I got some feedback from a literary agent, so we're just trying to, you know, make it 
polished, you know, completely make it what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I really want to get this out there so people can understand my story mm-hmm. and maybe can help them. You know, I mean, if I can help one person, that's I, I've done my job. And and talk a little bit more about that. Why? I mean, that that I find is is really something so important for all of us to know is that in giving and wanting to be of service to other people is is so much more of a gift to ourselves, isn't it? It is. And, you know, the way I look at it, honestly, is I've had people help me my whole life for 22 years, almost 23 years now, and it's my turn to give back. And if this is a way to do it, then that's really wonderful, honestly. I mean... Uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, families that have kids with SMA or kids with wheelchairs, you know. Mm-hmm. Anybody that is struggling with anything, it's just learning how to overcome and not worry and, you know, just get through the day. Well, it's very positive, you know, viewpoint that you have. And also, in addition to having that, it takes enormous discipline to have that all the time. Are there every mom- ever moments where you are having a rough day, where you don't feel... You know, I no, not really because I have have a great crew of nurses. Mm -hmm. I really do, and I've never, you know, I get that question a lot. Like, am I ever mad when I'm in a wheelchair or something? Uh huh. And honestly, I can say no because I've never had anything taken away from me. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. This has always been how I am and who I am. Mm -hmm. This is my normal, and we talk about that in the book about my normal. This is who I am. And this chair is a part of me. Well, I think you have an extraordinary viewpoint and a unique viewpoint. And there is so much that all of us can learn from just reading your book and just being around the presence of you, which is a a present in a sense. You're such a positive spirit. And who, in addition to your family, do you find are your greatest influences? Um, I have to say God, first of all, and definitely lots of musicians. Okay. I love that. God and the musicians. What would you like to share with listeners that that you feel we haven't covered at this point? Um, We've covered a lot. Just, you know, if you wouldn't mind, please look at my website, read through. Uh, Maybe leave a comment. Let me know what you think. And be honest, if there's something that you don't like, let me know. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, give people what they want to know. You know, if there's something that I'm not covering that people would like to know, tell me, so I know what I'm not talking about. Well, you had mentioned, I, I know we had this conversation off off the air, but I just want to share a little bit with listeners just to, I mean, because you are really passionate about getting your philosophy out to the world. I mean, from your perspective, you can probably look out and see that there's a lot of people struggling that, you know, don't have to be struggling if they kind of adopt this outlook that you have, this viewpoint that you have, and the state of gratitude. And, and um, I think you mentioned this on your website, which I found uh, to be you know, quite beautiful, something about um, that you wanted people in the book to understand your personal story, but also how to live with grace every day. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, what you meant? Well, you know, I just, to me, people, people don't appreciate it. A lot of people don't appreciate what they have. You know what I mean? Yes. And it, it's the little things in life that count. It's not the money. It's not the big houses. You know, it, it's not 
oh, I can, I'm a movie star. It's not that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's really, you've got to be happy with yourself so you can be happy with others. That's really beautiful, Craig. I mean, you blow me away with who you are and how you handle things in the in the face of adversity and in the face of, you know, all the physical things that you have to deal with day to day. I mean, you really are not just a miracle in terms of surviving a two-year expectancy rate, but you're a miracle in terms of um, just the love you have for other people and your outlook on life. It really, you're, you really are a blessed Young man. Thank you very much. And um, well, you were mentioning, and, and we're going to, uh, after the show, we're going to look into trying to do this, but let's put it out there, Craig, in case, you know, you never know. Everybody's six degrees of separation. I'm not you sure know? about the name, though, that's all. Oh, you're not sure about the name. Okay. Well, Craig uh, wants to really get out there, especially to to speak to other parents who whose children are being diagnosed at six months old. Uh, with the same uh, disease and, uh, you know, to be an inspiration to these uh, parents uh, really around the world. How many people, do you know, are afflicted with this SMA? It's not, you can't say SMA type 1 in general. Right. um, They say 1 in Mm 50,000 carry the disease. I see. But again, that doesn't mean that you have it. Right. And there's also four types. Um, type 1 is the most severe. Mhm. And um okay, well we're going to we're going to try to work with each other after the show just so you know. One of the things that I I wanted to mention before we go is uh my brother-in-law's brother, my bro bro I call him. He sent me his name is Kevin Baggett and he's a writer and director as well and he sent me this little uh video from YouTube. It was called Kane's Arcade, C A I N E S. And it was very, very moving, and I don't want to give the story away. I'm just uh, urging everybody to go and look at this on YouTube because it speaks to the power of community and what we can all do if united we try to help someone um, see their dreams realized. So that is where I'm coming from with you, uh, Craig, and I really want to see that happen for you and anything I can do to get the word out there and continue to spread your story, we will do from behind the curtain. So the next time, though, on the show, um, and I know that you're going to be making another appearance with us right before your book hits the stores, and I'm requesting that you do a little Craig V. Abbott II unplugged and play me a little Metallica on the air. You think you could do that? You want me to do that? (laughs) I would love to. The next time. We're running out of time now, but the next time I want you to come back and just... just, uh, you know, you've you've seen MTV Unplugged, right? We oh, can... absolutely. Okay, so let's do a little Metallica Unplugged on there. Yeah, we'll figure out something. You'll come back and give us a concert. I loved having you on my program. Thank you so much for sharing your beautiful philosophy with us today. I can't Thanks. wait to see you out there signing and autographing books and sharing your wisdom and light on the world. I know you are on the world stage because I know it's not about fame for you. It's really about giving back to the world. And I I just can visualize it and see it happening. And anybody who's listening, please post the show on your website, on LinkedIn. Pass it along to your friends because all of us as a community can work together to help this young man realize his dreams. And so, um, you know, we will continue to support your efforts and uh, Craig's, website is Craig 
C-R-A-I-G-V Abbott, A-B-B-O-T-T dot com. I'm going to spell that for you again. It's C-R-A-I-G-V-A-B-B-O-T-T dot com. His book is Classified Terminally Ill, A Young Man's Journey About Beating the Odds. It's amazing what we can all do when we work together. So people, if you're out there listening, please let's join hands and help this young man get his book published. Wishing you continued good health, Craig, and keep in touch with us. Let us know how everything's going. All right. Thank you, Kathy, very much. Thank you. Next week, everybody, soul music with Lucinda Drayton. Lucinda Drayton is an extraordinary songwriter and vocalist. She's had number one hits on the U.K. charts, even surpassing artists like Prince with her work. She began a spiritual journey after being introduced to Raj Yoga, which really altered the way she viewed the world and her music. Uh, She runs her own label and distribution company for her music and her meditation CDs. She travels and performs for her devoted fan base around the world, and she's uh, bringing more to the stage than just popular music. She reaches into your awareness and takes you to a higher place with the penetrating sound of her vocals and her invitation to share in her life lessons through her songwriting. I really want to thank everybody for tuning in today. This is Kathy Barrett and Dwayne Nichols sending you a virtual fug, uh, hug rather, from behind the curtain. And um, we'll be back next Tuesday at noon, and I hope you'll tune in. Peace, everybody. <laughs>